I'm Dr. Gene Hansen. For more than 25 years, I've been answering your financial questions on Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. This is Money Talks, providing honest, straightforward answers to your financial questions. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, August 26, 2017. The excessive decline in the dollar. Late rally on Wall Street. Big to fail. Growing the economy. Growing the economy. Welcome. This is Money Talks. Well, good morning. Good morning. This is Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. I'm Bill Laco. Dollar Bill Laco. That's right. I golf shoes with dollar bills on them. I'm not even lying. <laughs> yeah, no, I saw them. As you should. As you should. <laughs> They're awesome. <laughs> Pete and Stacy gave me them for my birthday. Oh, so yeah? Yeah, I'm very happy. Oh, nice. That's uh, Troy Harmon. And uh, Jeremy yeah. Kinsey. Glad to be here. A lot of smart people here. What you, You're like, huh? you've got 12 designations and so does yeah. Troy, so well, I'm the dumbest one at the table. A couple of letters. <laughs> two, two, two apiece. That's right. Well, we got to make sure we're taking care of clients well, so we like well, to keep so, up with So I, I'm a certified financial planner. That's right. And what, what are you? And me as well, as well as a certified wealth strategist. Uh, both very similar general designations, but uh, allow us to speak to a number of different disciplines, so... There you go. What about you, smart man? Mixed up. Chartered financial analyst, which is kind of a covering of everything investment wise. Uh, so they teach you how to throw darts. Darts, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we can do darts. <laughs> board, get Maybe you board figure out. out the interest on your bond. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, also have the uh, certified valuation analyst, which uh, would let me uh, help you with uh, determination of a privately held business. So, uh, nice. couple of couple of designations. All right. So, uh, what's going on this week? Seems like nothing. I mean, the president had been talking. There's not been any arguing. They've been talking (laughs) about everything but the economy. That's part of it. Uh, You haven't heard anything uh, about Russia in a while. No. no. We moved past that one, huh? Yeah, I think I saw a a statistic this morning that uh, while the last week we were were up about half a percent, uh, this morning they were talking about August being a down month for every, Mm -hmm. uh, every one of the major indices. So, the Dow S&P 500 to this point is is uh, all relatively negative. Well, it's, um, it's pretty flat too, right? Or last, I mean, oh, even though it's yeah. been flat, there's been a lot of volatility. It seems what? Yeah, I mean, we I think had a, Tuesday was it? We were down. Yeah, I saw some hundred. of the some of the mid and small cap indexes that were uh, flat for three days. You you don't often see that. Bill would have been absolutely right. You know, he always wants to say <laughs> the market's going to be flat. He would have been right for three days uh, last week. So. Uh, you, you just never know. It's it's Makes a very strange. That pain situation. you'd have to say those words. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Bill was right. There we go. I got it. Everybody out. gets lucky every now and then. Well, <laughs> I say a broken clock is right twice a day. Right? There That's you true. go. Right. Uh, so S and P 500 still uh, up nine, a little over nine percent this year. Uh, looking at information technologies, up almost twenty three percent. Uh, energy down 17%. Jared, we were talking about that before we uh, went on the air. Yeah. Pains, pains uh, many of us who watched that fall apart in 2014. A lot of folks piled in and uh, expected it to go right mm-hmm. back to where it was. You know, why, why do you think that is, down. given that the price per barrel has seemed pretty stagnant as well? I mean, it's not, it doesn't seem like it's moved all that much, at least not to that extent. No, uh, uh, earlier in the year, 
the the price got a little bit uh, better, I guess, and mm-hmm. uh, and then we saw the price of, of uh, oil pull back a bit. So uh, I still believe it's a managed market. It's one that's uh, you know not working off just the basic uh, principles of economics where. Uh, supply meets demand, and somewhere in there is the the uh, equilibrium price. I believe mm-hmm. that uh, obviously supply was uh, managed. Mm-hmm. It was uh, over market was oversupplied for for quite a while, over a year really, mm-hmm. uh, until Saudi Arabia got uh, uh, got themselves in trouble by getting the price so low with that sure. oversupply that uh, they had to stop and do something else. So they found a new level. Uh, but I still believe that it's it's more or less managed. Uh, we do have uh, the Bakken Shell, which was the the range in North Dakota that just got sapped of everything. It mm-hmm. seemed uh, seems to be back online, and you know we've got a newfound uh, uh, break even price in those yeah. uh, wells as well. So um, let me ask you this: with, with uh, regard to that sector. Does the PEs, the price to earnings, is it, is it saying that this is a lot of this is at a discount now, or is it pretty consistent with where this is trading? I mean, are there some opportunities here, given that it is down 17% for the year? Or? It looks as if there are, and, and like I say, the, the part of the reason that I talk about that being a managed market is because it's it's so hard to uh, forecast exactly what's going to happen next when you've got human intervention. That's uh, yeah, the cartel and all right. That's yeah. that's doing things that. Uh, would be contra to to normal economics. So uh, that that space I'm a little bit timid with still, um, but sure. it does look it cheap. does look relatively reasonably priced. And uh, you know, following on that, we've got uh, uh, news out of uh, the S and P 500 earnings for uh, second quarter. Just about finished. 487 of 500 companies in the uh, index have uh, reported. Uh, the surprise on the earnings, 4.38% positive. So uh, analysts had it a little bit, little bit off. We were um, better than the analysts expected. Earnings growth, which is the, the real number we look for, 9.25% uh, higher than uh, uh, previous year, same mm-hmm. period. So second quarter, uh, 2016. Uh, Interesting. Energy, you know, we were just talking about it, 209.95% growth in earnings. A lot of these companies went negative. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we're, we're better, but it's still not a whole lot to brag about. Uh, sales growth was 15.83% better, and uh, earnings just came back positive, basically, is what we're talking about there. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at other hot spots, it's not surprising that uh, information technology should be doing so well. 14.5% growth in earnings. Uh, in the second quarter for uh, IT companies, uh, really the only negative spot, utilities down 4%. Uh, kind of strange, uh, especially when you look at uh, utilities and how they've performed year-to-date, 12.5% higher, and uh, and their earnings are lower. Yeah. Um, don't know if that's, that's – a, a lot of times it's it's weather-related when you when you sure. talk about earnings being different in utilities. So mm-hmm. um, that's, uh, that's just another one of those interesting things. If you look at what happened this week alone, uh, utilities led the market 1.49% higher uh, while the overall market was up half a percent. Consumer staples, which hardly ever do this, were down almost 1.5% this week. <laughs> um, 
you know, consumer staples, the boring old stodgy companies that <laughs> right. uh, you, you never forget them because you always need their their goods. Exactly. Um, but when you're an investor, you know, things you just don't expect them to lead on one end or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but there you have it. Uh, we do have a little bit of information out of uh, the economy this week, um, starting with the University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Survey. Consumer is key to our economy, uh, so we look at this quite a bit. Um, the sentiment indicator was uh, up 4.2 points. Um, basically, it's the highest one-month gain in 2017 for this particular indicator. Uh, ended up 97.6, and that can be over 100. Uh, the increase in household uh, financial expectations was one of the highlights. Business expectations also a little bit higher, um, but they still remain below their April and uh, May highs. Uh, MBA mortgage applications, this is a, a weekly uh, indicator that we look at. Uh, overall composite index decreased by half a percent. Uh, purchase index is down one and a half percent. Refinance index, a little bit higher, 0.3. And if you look at the mortgage uh, the the 30-year average mortgage uh, fell four basis points, currently at 3.88 percent hmm. on a on a 30-year mortgage. Um, I didn't think we were going to have the opportunity to refinance again. But I you was going to say <laughs> activities up a, a slight bit. Um, well, but the July it fell quite a bit as far as new home sales, right? I mean, there was a pretty significant. Absolutely. Downturn there, which doesn't look all that meaningful, it appears. Yeah, it fell 9.4% um, on the month. And then if you look relative to July of 2016, it's down 8.9%. Uh, uh, so maybe consumers are kind of starting to get deterred by some, some higher prices, it looks like. It finally. could be. Yeah, well, you know, the, the story's been that new home inventory has been very tight. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's causing prices to, to increase. And I think the price sensitivity is what you're sure. starting to see. So well, uh, home builders aren't building new near what they did in 2005 and 6 mm-hmm. and let's not forget that was a bubble so it's probably healthier that we have sure uh, the levels that we have today uh, jobless claims another uh, you know another week in the in being the high, the uh, hot spot uh, rose 2000 uh, from the previous week uh, 234,000 uh, was the previous week's number 237,750 is what we've got now basically in a mm-hmm. nutshell Employment situation is still just as strong as we've been seeing. So uh, always good news there. So it has been in the last couple of years. Yeah, no real surprises. That's kind of what the expectation was, right? I mean, it was pretty much in line with that. Absolutely. Yeah, this one last piece, existing home sales uh, fell 1.3% in July, still up 2.1% relative to July of 2016. Uh, Decline was uh, led by uh, a disproportionate decline in condo sales. So it's still... Uh, higher even there in the condo space uh, year over year is still higher. Yeah. All right. Well, look, we're going to stop here for a quick break. You're listening to Money Talks. We'll be right back. Don't touch that dial. It's time for the Dog of the Week. All right, Troy. Got you a dog of the week. Uh, I, I'm hoping this doesn't go down as uh, Hugo Chavez's uh, legacy, but you know what? Things are horrible in Venezuela. And uh, we actually had a, an intern who was from Venezuela just recently 
uh, over the summer, uh, and he talked about how how bad things were. There's a lot of folks that are hungry. Uh, strange things going on. Uh, the story this week, police believe thieves steal Venezuela zoo animals to eat them. Wow. So a province in western Venezuela has uh, had several animals take missing. Uh, they they uh, have birds, uh, animals uh, call it a tapir that's uh, similar to a pig. Uh, they've had about 10 animals, I believe it is, have gone missing, and police believe that Folks are, are coming in and stealing. The locals are coming in, stealing the animals and killing them because they can't find food. I think it's called hunting. <laughs> well, it is if you're not in a fence. <laughs> I mean, they hunt in fences out in Texas sometimes. But so say we do like, this in Paulding County all the time. Why is this a dog? I don't yeah. understand. Uh, exactly. <laughs> I'm telling you. I don't know, man. We might have to. Oh, no. That's, to, that is. Take, no, the, weird. take the reins away. Well, I'm Venezuela does have some serious problems. I mean, what was their inflation? It's like over a thousand percent yeah, or something, they, right? I mean, it's just yeah, it's ridiculous astronomical inflation. Yeah. Uh, but the thing of it is, you you look at what's going on in their economy and the fact that uh, you've got people that are actually hungry enough to do this. Some yeah. of the some of the uh, previous zookeepers are saying, no, 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 this is. Uh, uh, drug gangs are doing this and going out and selling the animals. I, there seems to be a huge debate, but either way, yeah, uh, it seems ridiculous that the All right. that moving on keep something in. called the food chain. <laughs> it sucks to be on the bottom of that. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Uh, Talk to me about private college 529 plans. Yeah, and this is actually a good topic because it's sort of a follow-up to one that we had touched on a, a couple of weeks ago. And I think uh, as a result, had kind of you know we'd gotten some feedback from listeners uh, to to sort of steer us in this direction because uh, they're absolutely right. There is another side to this. You know, we were uh, primarily last time we spoke about it focused on the College Savings 529 plan, which is a state-sponsored plan uh, that has a lot more investment involvement in it, whereas uh, as Bill just mentioned, you know, today we're talking about the private college 529 plan. And this one's a little bit different uh, as it allows actually families to pay for college in advance by purchasing tuition certificates. Uh, this can be redeemed uh, at more than 270 colleges across the country that actually have to elect to participate, and it appears that that's actually a, a growing number. Uh, there's a lot more than, than what there used to be, so it seems that these are becoming quite popular. Uh, but that said, the different schools charge different rates, so certificate redemption values can vary from one school to the next. However, a certificate is good for one semester's worth uh, of tuition at a school, and that may only be good for, say, a half a credit at semester, or excuse me, for semester at school B. So uh, it's not the same across the board. These can get a little bit tricky. However, uh, the values don't change over time. So, you know, if you, if you buy a certificate that can pay for one semester at school X, then that's going to pay for a semester at that school. It's just if, let's say, your child gets to college age and decides, well, I'm not going to do Harvard, I'm going to do Yale or something like that, uh, it may not be credit for credit on the exchanges. That's how these work. So uh, families do not have to commit to a particular school, though, uh, enrollment uh, for enrollment, that is. Uh, and they can change the beneficiary on these plans, much like the college savings plans that we talked about before, uh, to a qualified family member at any time. Uh, they can also roll the money into a state-sponsored 529 plan. So if you chose to do one of these and at some point decided, hey, that college savings that we talked about last time is actually a better fit, maybe because you want some more control over the investments or for whatever reason, 
reason that may be, uh, you do have that option to roll those over. Uh, however, the rollover value of those tuition certificates that you, you bought in the private college 529 plan uh, actually will depend on the performance of the program trust fund, which is the underlying investment of these plans. The 529 plan, right? Yeah, the private 529 plan. So you can pay any amount up to the cost of five years tuition, which is similar uh, to the, the college savings 529. And that you, as KC, I believe, had mentioned on the last show, you can super fund those college savings 529s by putting up to five years worth uh, in at one time based on the contribution limits. Uh, but for, for these plans, you can do five years of tuition at once, uh, and the contribution limit for 2016 was 256000 So for a wealthy family that uh, wanted to super fund one of these, they could do up to that amount, which may have been indexed for inflation, so uh, it might be up slightly from 256000 But uh, that being said, as far as wealthy families are, are uh, as far as they go, there, there's no income limitations. So, uh, you know, there, there's not going to be any concerns as far as uh, what you make or what your AGI is. Uh, but it does require, and this is an important point here, that you have at least 36 months between buying the certificates and using them. So you need three years of investments in order to use these certificates that you're buying within the plan. Uh, just t- touch on a couple of benefits here and a couple of drawbacks just to kind of give you the uh, cost-benefit analysis. So uh, the tuition certificates guarantee tuition at current rates for up to 30 years after the purchase. Now, participating schools assume all of the investment risk and have agreed to honor these certificates regardless of the school's future participation in the program or future tuition increases. To me, that is huge. I mean, because you've got 270 of these major schools across the country. we got 10 in Georgia, actually, that participate in this program, and they're saying regardless of what the future holds, if you buy these tuition certificates in these 529 plans, we will honor them. Uh, I found that to be quite interesting. So they, they beat inflation basically from the time that they buy the the 529 mm-hmm. they're going to keep up the certificate with it. right and uh and you can you can then go to school for potentially this year's price in four years yeah exactly so one, one of the i saw an interesting uh graphic earlier that was showing that if you put ten thousand dollars into one of these plans today uh the future cost of tuition let's say in five years if that was twelve thousand seven sixty three then you bought it for ten thousand dollars so you actually saved Saved 2700 bucks. Whereas, let's say you had a child today, and so in 18 years that child were going to begin college. If you put in that same $10,000, then based on the future cost of tuition, which they estimated would be about $24,000, you actually saved 14000 Now, obviously we want to look at, okay, well, what might you have made in the market over that same period of time? Sure. And maybe in doing that comparison, you'd have been better off in that college savings plan. But, I mean, this still is not a bad idea. I, I think that, you know, there are some definite benefits here. It's taken out some of that investment risk, uh, which I think is probably one of the bigger benefits of it because these are uh, for more risk-averse investors. Uh, there are some limitations but, to but, these. But I'm <clears throat> just playing devil's advocate here. Sure. So you're limited to the private schools in Georgia, well, or, or just in Georgia, or, yeah. yeah, private schools. Okay. Yeah. But if you just if we're apples to apples, so we're, we're talking right. about 529 here in Georgia, mm-hmm. this here. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I put the money in, 10 grand now. I'm gonna wait 20 years or whatever. Mm-hmm. What happens if the performance was negative? 
Well, they're guaranteeing these tuition certificates. So no, to, but you said I could take the money out and put it in my other 529 plan if I realize my child's not going to go to private school. Right. You can roll that into a 529 but plan. But it's based on the underlying performance. Of, yeah, of the 529 you buy into. Right. right. So, so in effect, if they had poor performance, you could get less back? Potentially. I don't know. I, the, I, would, I would assume that the principal does have some investment risk, okay. that with inflation, but not as significant as the but market But if they go risk. to the school, then there's no risk because they're going to guarantee it. Exactly. Right. The, right. Yes, the school itself is guaranteeing it. So, yes, that's a good point, Bill. You may open yourself up to some additional risk well, that had to if hurt you, you change too, tracks. Did that, have to, did that hurt you? <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> does. You know, we got to do that every now and then. Bill's on a no. tear today. He's on a tear. I to wake up and help out. You know? <laughs> well, one of, the risks, one of the other risks that you have is what if your kid decides that they want to go into the military? I mean, it doesn't want to use this. You could use it, like you said, Bill, and swap it out for another 529. But these are, you probably ought to be relatively sure that not only your kid's going to be willing, but able to get in, right. uh, get acceptance into one of these private schools. Yeah. Now, the schools we're talking about, Stanford, Princeton, TCU, Notre Dame, Amherst, Vanderbilt, MIT, they're not exactly right. easy it schools to get into. It doesn't guarantee admission. Absolutely right. And Absolutely. here locally, we're talking about Emory, Barry, Mercer, Oglethorpe, Spelman, those kind of colleges that, that participate. Yeah, in I mean, the they're not Kennesaw State. Yeah. They, the, That's the right. Har- saying. We'll point that out. The, the Harvard, Harvard in the mind. Not going to That's work. Right. That's right. That was one of the best quotes I ever read about on yeah. KSU. I love yeah. that. No, actually, Bill, just to your point, I found it here in my notes that uh, – if the funds are transferred to the state-sponsored 529 plan, the college savings, then the value of those tuition certificates are adjusted based on that net performance of the trust fund, but is subject to a 2% per year maximum. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of what, I guess, inflation, I got you. Uh, there, there's some sort of floor there. But Yeah, I don't think there's a – it's not a one-size-fits-all, and I, and I, I know right. this was triggered by by my, my article in the Meredith Daily Journal um, where we all we did was touch on – Mm-hmm. You know, the college savings right. piece, yeah. And it wasn't that we were ignoring this. Right. I mean, we obviously know this exists. Yeah, we were talking about the more common plan right. that, that we see. But the, really the verdict here is, and this brought up a good point, you could use the private college 529 to – help your child attend a private university and also fund a college savings to pay for the uh, other expenses such as room and board because that is not covered by the private plan. So know that. That's only tuition and related fees. It does not cover room and board like the college savings. So that's a big, big drawback there. And maybe you want to fund both. I got you. Well, all right. Gives you something to think about. Yep. All right. We're going to stop here for a quick break. You know, we've got to make a profit. Absolutely. Make some bills, right? I don't know what, what it's about. All right, we'll be right back. Don't touch that dial. Had my eye on you a long time, Doctor. I consider you one of my most valuable long-term investments. And when it comes to my investments, I always do my homework. Crazy train watching Washington. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Oh, look, it's only going to get better, right? What's coming up? What's coming up? They started yakking about it already? Yeah. I mean, you got the president threatening to shut down the government. Sure, yeah. We're going to default on our debt. Blah, 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 blah. There's a wall to build, Bill. It doesn't matter if the government shuts down. We've got to build a wall. Hey, man. That's what he said. I couldn't believe this. 
No, I mean, no, hold on now. We might have to, we're going to duke it out now. No, I agree with the wall. <laughs> but I, really, you're going to shut the government well, down to get it know, done? I, I mean, I think there's some bloviating going on, which well, might sure. add to some volatility. I'm just That's speculating. True. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah, when was the last 20% correction? Uh, 20%, uh, you're going to have to 2009? Get back to it. I feel like it might no, have been you're... around the time we got downgraded on yeah. our debt. Yeah. That's how long ago it was. It was what uh, are we talking August about now? 5th, 2011. What are we talking about now? <laughs> yeah. What are we talking about well, now? Yeah, we're, not, are we going to raise the debt ceiling? Are we not going to raise the debt ceiling? Yeah. Yeah. We never got upgraded from that, by the way, and you know why? They, they downgraded us based on the fact that we didn't have uh, a very uh, stable... Uh, leadership in Washington. That's exactly. Yeah, I mean, changed, who's, uh, exactly. Who's going to argue with yeah, that at this point? Well, right. no upgrade, right? Yeah, the S and P right. downgraded us to. So, and what was strange is our our interest on the debt went down <laughs> when they downgraded us. Everybody decided, let's go invest in America. Yeah, uh, it was just strange. <laughs> but the equities market, yeah, the stock cr- market, did fall. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So when was the twenty percent decline again? The last one. What did uh, you say? Oh, August. Think. That's no, what I it would have been a. I thought oh, you guys gave us yeah, a, you're right. Cause we, had, uh, we had yeah, uh, that was when they were they downgraded the debt. Yeah, when, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. am I telegraphing 11. here? Are y'all no, paying attention to what's coming? No, no, I got the I got the uh, the chart you guys gave. So us should I say also. sell? Should I scream it? <laughs> you never do that, Bill. I don't do. But you got to sell. sell. <laughs> not gonna, we're not doing that. <laughs> yeah, okay. you better. I tell you what. So the question is, does make sense to cover up? Do I care? Do I care? If the how fast that twenty percent correction? Change directions. Oh, they—that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Corrections are very quick, and in, in the decline. I, I, now I have to go back and look, so don't quote It'll me on this. Back. Don't send me nasty grams like you know yeah, I get from time to time. Talking about months, not years. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it was less than ninety days. We were back yeah. to where we were, and right. big whoop. Except for if you had some cash on the sidelines, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have spent it because you thought it was going to go lower. Right. I already yeah. seen this video, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So why don't we? Let's just be prepared. Oh, September yeah. might be an interesting month. Yeah. I might actually say down instead of flat. A yeah. couple of shows. <laughs> or maybe they might pull their head out of their proverbial backsides and actually do something. Yeah, it would surely be nice to see a win out of Washington. Well, just something. Especially when we're talking about regulation, well, taxation, look, I, any of those I, I, I'm not going to lie, but I would prefer to see my taxes go down. Sure. So I don't really care about the rest of it. I'm a one voting, one Issue vote. One issue. Well, right. One issue vote. <laughs> Tax. That's right. There you go. Hey, that's it's right. my money. It's not your money. Mm-hmm. There now, you I, saw, I saw an intro. Was it us talking about this the other day? It's talking about teaching your kids about taxes. You know, buy them an ice cream and take a third of it. See, <laughs> yeah. how, see how they, they react. Plus, that. plus what? Six yeah. percent for state, right? Yeah. Oh, exactly. You used to get an extra lick off of it. You know. I mean, it's just. I, I can't wait to try it. I want to see their face. I'm gonna have to make sure I got my phone yeah. ready. To get a picture of that. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. But uh, we got, anyway, so uh, all reality-wise, there, uh, Troy, what do, what, do, what do we think? We think does it really matter? Uh, well, I mean, you you still look at the market. We've had a little bit of volatility lately. Uh, no, and, I'm saying coming up. Do you really care? Are you are you changing the portfolio at all? I'm for, not changing the long-term strategy. No, I, it's it's not what you do. And let's face it, our portfolio is is uh, pretty conservative to begin with. When you start where we do with uh, companies that have predictable earnings over a long period of time and debt that's uh, that's easily manageable, 
you know, you don't see companies don't bankrupt if they have no debt. Yeah, that's and true it, enough. We don't buy those little. that just have none. I mean, they might have some, but it's it's easily managed. Well, we that's what you get afraid of when things turn sideways. And this might be the time of the year where you might want to take some tax losses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's a great Leave idea. Leave that if cash sitting some. on the sideline, betting yeah. on the, you know. So tax losses. I sound like a market be- timing. You know, I can sell a, I, you know what, later on we're going to have a little class that we're going to sell <laughs> that we could teach you some strategies that, <laughs> you know, to butterfly spread swap that's right. upside down yeah, cake. Right. Somebody get the net. Bill Eco's going off the rails. What? <laughs> this Seems is like a, a money making venture. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, goodness. that might the, the class probably is the the uh, operation you're talking about. Probably not. So I'm much. only kidding. Absolutely. Everybody out there knows I'm fully. You know what? So uh, yeah. it's, well, here's joking. the thing, Bill. In all seriousness, though, when you see prices as high as they are and the potential for volatility increasing, the best thing you can do is go back to your strategy. By right. that we mean. Rebalance your portfolio. If you have, we talk about it all the time, if you have needs within the next 10 years for, for yes. liquidity, meaning you have known spending needs that have to come out of your portfolio, put them on the sidelines. Buy fixed income with those uh, known quantities so that they mature when you're going to need the money. And, right, yep. and that's our 10-year rule in a nutshell. Right. Well, and we are sort of at an all-time high. Yep. So we're close. You know. Be a good time to do it. No reason not to do tax loss sales multiple times during the year. Yeah. Now, you're going to find few uh, tax securities that are going to be at losses after we've had such a market run, Mm -hmm. but there's probably something in your portfolio that you can fix your taxes with a little bit. I mean, if you own, well, I guess Uber is not publicly traded, right? No. It's not. But they did just get marked down. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, all, but they have volatility within their leadership, too. For what is still in Beckwith. It's indicative of the country, folks. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of that going around. What, for what is still invested in the equities, though, I mean, we've done some rebalancing to, to so that it's more defensive, right? I mean, for sure. Because that money beyond the 10 years, you, you still want invested, right? We need that to remain invested, but defensively so, so that sure. we don't subject clients to a lot of losses, which would have them playing a lot more catch-up. Than well, but, you know, even right. that, though, because <clears> during 08 and 09, everything was down. Sure. Right. I mean, even... There's very few companies that, that weathered that storm. Well, right. now, fine. they went down... Quality companies do tend to go down less. Sure. Right. Well, so look, we saw, and I don't know if you saw this recently. These guys put it out to us, but there was a J.P. Morgan study that looked from 1994 to uh, 2013, so almost 20 years, right? Had you remain invested the whole time through the dot-com, through the crisis, you're looking at like a 9.5% mm-hmm. annual rate of return. Mm-hmm. Just the ten best days knocked you down to four percent. Right, it's you just crazy. Those, yeah, think sitting it, on yeah. the sidelines. I hate, I would hate to have ridden the financial crisis down that far, but I was seeing that it was kind of like yes. How do so, you not? So the takeaway is don't just go out and willy nilly sell because Bill screamed sell into the microphone. Right. He was only joking. <laughs> right. But if it's time to rebalance, it's time to sure. to make some adjustments. Well, I mean you got to go into September thinking it's going to be fun to watch. Right. Yeah. So what you wind up doing when you rebalance is you take. Is there anything more fun than watching politicians beat the you know what out of each other? You know what I'm saying? Verbally abuse. I mean, it's unbelievable. You might have one that you're kind of tied to, but nobody really loves them. That's so true. All right, so I know we've got a a caller who called in our hotline. By the way, if if you have questions, you can reach us 1-855-429-9166. That's 855-429-9166. You leave the question, we'll answer it on the next show. Or you can email us at drgene at hensler.com. That's H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R dot com. So let's talk to, uh, listen to Sarah here about Facebook. Hi, my name is Sarah. I'm from Atlanta. So I listened to you when you said not to buy Facebook when it came out. 
but I've since watched my friend's accounts climb as it went from $40 to like $170. So my question is, where do you stand with Facebook today? Thanks so much. Yeah, Troy, why didn't you tell her to buy it? <laughs> well, number one, uh, <laughs> you know, we have our standards to begin with. And when you see an IPO, uh, it's very rare that we're ever going to say buy that because it doesn't meet our criteria and the no, criteria right. I talked about earlier. So uh, Facebook now meets our criteria, believe it or not. Uh, but it's trading for 8 million times four, earnings or 43 times <laughs> yeah. earnings. So it's, it looks really expensive. You have to believe in the growth story here. Uh, they're saying that uh, earnings are likely to grow at 27% annually over the next business cycle, three to five years. Um, and it's How much? It's, how much? How much will it grow? Twenty-seven percent, approximately. From here, that's From what here. the analysts are saying. That's what they say. Yeah, and this is like a, a consensus of it's the consensus average of all the estimates that cover uh, for analysts that cover Facebook. So uh, th- there's so many weird things about the numbers in Facebook. They're saying they got two point oh one billion uh, billion. Uh, users, mm-hmm. but then you look and they'll tell you, no, probably over 70 million of those are, are fraudulent accounts. Or yeah. I, it, Bill, you and I talked about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I got defrauded on on Facebook myself. Uh, somebody created a, a fake page with my likeness and mm-hmm. started going out and hitting up all my friends. Uh, so. You know, there's there's things in those numbers that don't really ring true. Uh, advertisers are flocking to that, yeah. and about a little over 81 percent of all their revenue is generated from uh, from the uh, um, mobile device. Mm-hmm. I think probably as much. Well, as how, how is the stock done? Uh, it's done quite well this year, yeah. as she said. Um, you know, we're yeah, year to date it's up 45 percent. Yeah. A lot uh, of quite well everything tech January. has been running like crazy. And yeah. to be honest with you, at 43 times earnings, you watch what happens when we have a slight hiccup. It's those mm. expensive stocks that usually get well, hit hardest. Is there um, a cheaper alternative that we know of? I mean, is there something that, you know, if she's looking at it now and seeing how expensive it is, to, you know, an alternative to consider? Uh, well, I mean, we they still buy like MySpace, right? <laughs> <laughs> or Snap? Yeah. What, about, what about Snap? Yeah. The statistics aren't bit, right? quite as, as uh, lofty on those <laughs> companies. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, we like Google, though. <laughs> All right, we're going to stop here for a quick break. I'm going to go check my MySpace page. There we go. <laughs> we'll be right back. This country, you've got to make the money for us. Then when you get the money, you get the power. Then when you get the power, then you get the woman. This is Money Talks. We're back. I'm Bill Laco with Troy Harmon and Jarrett McKenzie. And we're here talking money. That's right. Well, I thought, well, we were discussing MySpace. Well, it was about (laughs) investing in MySpace, I think. Don't recommend it. No, I, I don't. I think you probably ought to pull your your. Uh, well, I got a follower, man. You don't, you don't start messing up the clout. Man. I got a follower. Is that is that a relative, Bill? It's me. <laughs> and I, and I, I like love, myself. I love so me. I like myself. There you go. I think like is a, is the Facebook thing. Right? Oh, it's so not. What okay. do you, I, I don't know, know. what you do on my. I, I don't have a Facebook anything. Well, oh, I, okay. I recently well, read Facebook's starting to. I don't have a MySpace users. Either. 
Yeah, there's they're, they're venturing to Instagram and, yeah. and well, the younger. Crowd. Well, yeah, and, right, and that's right. the thing that I'm talking about. Instagram is actually owned by, yeah. by right. uh, so I'm right. sure Facebook, so they're going to get benefits. And and I really believe that that 81 percent of their revenue that's that's coming from the mobile side is probably mostly from Instagram, yeah, not so much sure. Facebook. Uh, the Facebook demographic is very different than than Instagram. The younger folks that are mm-hmm. up and coming, and you know that's that's where you're going to find them. Sure. My daughter would not. Dream of having a uh, Facebook page. I almost said MySpace because well, my, my it would be about the, the same day. as that. Right, I mean, right, they right. they look at that as old people yeah, stuff. Yeah, I guess, I guess my son I said that to me the other day. Facebook dads for uh, dad. Facebook's for old people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what, what they say. You imagine now you're an old guy. I don't know. I mean, I don't have a Facebook, but he was talking to Casey, so my yeah. wife. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe right. it is for old people because at this table, I'm the only one that has a Facebook page. It sounds <laughs> That's like. true. See? Yeah, you're not that much older than me. I don't <laughs> think so. I'm not, but I am older. Uh, See, Bill, you're almost there. You, you probably ought to go ahead and sign up. I probably should. Yeah. <laughs> I probably hit, should. hit up the AARP while you're at yeah. it. They'll be sending you stuff before too long, and that's that's. I'll start planning for my talking. Social Security. There yeah. you go. The first advertisement you see. <laughs> it really is. You hit a certain age. All right, let's let's uh, talk to Ryan about IRAs. Here we go. If I can hit the button. Hi, this is Ryan from Canton. As a young professional starting a new career, what would you recommend, a Roth IRA or a regular IRA? Um, I'm leaning towards a regular IRA because it seems harder to get my money out, and I really want to use this for retirement. Uh, what do you guys recommend? Well, it's a good question. First, I would say before we even talk about IRAs, if you have an employer oh, and go. you get a match, you were go there. yeah, I mean, I would start there with the 401k, assuming your employer matches. You know, probably that's going to be, a, you know, more like a traditional IRA. It's tax deferred money. Uh, so that's where you'd want to start to make sure you get that, that free money uh, from the employer match. Uh, but if, if we're talking specifically about IRAs, you know, I think more and more these days, the conversations I'm having with clients are geared more towards the diversification of the tax status of their money. And so it's almost as if uh, you, you would try and strike a good balance between the two, because while it's great to have money growing tax deferred, I mean, that's the big benefit of having a traditional IRA uh, and a 401k for that matter. Uh, in retirement, what that means is that every dollar that you pull out is going to be taxed at ordinary income, which may not be all that meaningful if you're going to be in a low tax bracket, but it also is going to have an impact on the required minimum distributions uh, once you reach age 70 and a half that you have to pull out. Now, with the Roth IRA, that's a tax-exempt account, meaning... <clears throat> down the road and even in the in the near term uh that Roth IRA is is going to allow you to pull out what you contribute uh tax free uh but you're still going to have if you're if you're under 59 and a half maybe you might be looking at that 10% penalty still can you do both <clears throat> what's that can you do both Roth and an IRA Regular, you can, but there's an aggregate limit that you would have to meet, oh, and I they see. are aggregated. So for anyone under fi- age 50, you can contribute in 2017 up to $5,500, and for those over age 50, you'd have a, a $1,000 catch-up, so you could actually get 6500 into it. But it is on the aggregate. And so actually, you know, with our, our 401K here, we have a Roth option, and I split some of the money. I know we've had discussions about this before. You like the tax deferred piece. I do too. But in seeing so many of these clients now that are retiring and everything's tied up in that 401k and when they ask me for a dollar, I got to pull out a dollar 25. I'm trying to find this balance that's going to give me some flexibility in retirement. And I think that that's sort of the answer to Ryan's question here is you don't want everything in either bucket. There needs to be some kind of balance so that you're not tied. Your hands aren't tied in retirement when it comes to managing your tax status 
because that's going to, you know, these clients that do have everything tied up in this 401k that is just uh, a traditional or tax-deferred account, they have no option. Everything that they need, every time they want to do something. I had a client recently that he wanted to buy a property from his dad. His dad wanted, he was going to sell it to him for $55,000, but he ended up having to take out about sixty-seven from his IRA or yeah. would have had to. You know, we advised him to put a mortgage on it instead of pulling that from his IRA. But that's what I mean is that everything is more costly in retirement if you're pulling it from that type of account. And if you've got some diversification in the tax status of your money, then you'll least have that option. You know, maybe it doesn't uh, change what the ultimate decision is, but at least you've got some option. Everybody likes to have some flexibility. And if you're just doing one or the other, you're not going to have that. And so try to find a balance that's right for you and and pursue it that way. So key is still make sure that you maximize that employers match. Yes, get the match. That's free money. That's a no-brainer. Let's just say they match Juices dollar for dollar on the first 3%, like us, mm-hmm. and right. then 50 cents on the dollar for the next 2%. Yep. That's a 100% guaranteed return. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. yep. I can't lose. Put, yeah, you put really? four, you know. Yeah. I guess it's a little less cool. than 100, but. Well, well I mean, still. It's still money go, you didn't go have. To the, go to the oh, end absolutely. of your match. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And then from there, you Do can the get. Roth. Yeah, you can get your diversification. Right. You can mm-hmm. go Roth and maybe even taxable, too. Yeah. Because there will be sometimes, you know, Bill was talking about harvesting tax losses earlier. Uh, there will be times that uh, you might have something in your taxable portfolio that mm-hmm. makes it cheaper to spend out of there. Uh, when you consider tax reasons yeah. uh, later on down the road. so Absolutely. Yeah. And you probably have a lot more options with that brokerage account. True enough, but, I mean, side. you know, to your point, though, and, and not to belabor this issue, because mm-hmm. for me it is a – I like the tax deduction. Sure. Because I do believe a dollar in my pocket today is worth more than a dollar tomorrow. Sure. And I don't know what tax rates are going to be in the future. I would guess they're going to be higher, but I don't, you know. Bill passed that time value money course when I did. he was in college. I did. <laughs> barely, though. Colors. Barely. Squeaking. Squeak by. <laughs> and we, somewhere Com- along the way, you remembered <laughs> it all. By. Well, Com- you think about it. I mean, I, I max out, so 18 grand. Sure. And my tax bracket's real money. Mm-hmm. That's like a house payment. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta get as much as you can. Plus, I mean, look, this, we can't stress enough the tax deferred status of that money. That's the benefit of that, right? For your money to grow free of tax, I mean, that's huge. Yeah, but you're gonna get that in a Roth, whether you are, you get it in a 401, you're gonna get the same tax deferral. You just don't get the deduction. Correct. And I, that's, that's an individual, you know, that's an individual scenario. We're all gambling, right? Because we don't know what it's going right. to be in the yeah. future. So it's a gamble at the end right. of the day. You don't know what your tax is, yeah. the tax rate's going to be. Yeah. Right. Wow. That's the reason that we need a little bit of something out of Washington, right? Yeah, well, even that's, what, 10 years, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So I'm not retiring in the next 10 years. So it ain't going to matter to me, except there for my go. current income. <laughs> current income. There you go. Now, if my tax bracket went down, I might actually go back to the drawing board yeah. on what you're talking about. Yeah, but you know, yeah. between state, federal, and then Obamacare tax on mm-hmm. you know three point nine plus the extra point nine on the payroll, right? It's come on. Well, when you get to within ten years, man, you let me know. I can run a financial plan. Yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know a good financial plan? Uh, no. <laughs> Do you know <laughs> a good one? <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. I'm talking Jared knows about. Yeah, see, I want a good one. <laughs> Touche. Well, now that you kids, man, that was a trap. No, was, he walked right into that one. <laughs> he did. He walked oh, right man. into that one. All right, real quick, let's go to uh, Kate from Canton. She, she sent in an email. Says, like, I have four different 403B, 401K accounts, wow, uh, due to changes uh, in my employment. Uh, 
Would there be an advantage to combining these accounts, Jared? What I do think, you think absolutely. And yeah. if, if for no other reason than the fact that you're going to reduce transaction costs uh, right off the bat, because if you think about it, right now you're paying to implement whatever investment strategy you have in three, four, five different places. And so to, to bring all that together not only is going to simplify your life in that you're getting one statement, you can see it all there together in one place when you log on to these accounts, uh, you're also going to be able to implement whatever strategy you're, you're implementing in one place. And that inherently is going to lower. Cheaper. Right, exactly. Just from a transaction cost standpoint, I mean, you're bringing that down drastically. I'm not going to lie, man. You almost sound like you know what you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, I, it's couple, almost like you have two designations. Day. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, occasionally I get I get a toss up. A little well, look, the, the other <laughs> side of this is my suspicion is it's just my suspicion. Sure, I, mean, I haven't done this for 23 years or anything. Yeah, that of course. There's mm-hmm. four 401k accounts that haven't been looked at. Oh yeah. In how long? Mm-hmm. And so the strategy that being employed is one of. <clears throat> Yeah, I don't have one. No, exactly. So at least if you pull it all together, and heaven forbid you give us a call at 770-429-9166 and ask for Jarrett because he is a good financial planner, and I would use him. Well, thanks. So Did that hurt you to say? You a little bit. Give me it that did hurt me. <laughs> It did hurt me. That's the theme of the day, I believe. You guys are just on We're just going around the table here. Yeah. It, it, it definitely did My hurt turn. me. So, uh, anyway, again, that number, 770-429-9166. Uh, and you go from a 401k, if you put it in an IRA, you can also have a lot more investment options. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so Very much. I mean, heaven forbid they might actually fund. call you to there you go. pick a stock or something. Look at there that. we go. Mark it up or down real quick. It's going up, man. I just put a lot of money in. Oh, I'm, I'm say a up broke too. record. I'm oh. always up. <laughs> we'll see you next week. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.